London. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Thursday, 1460 on the AM dial 106.3. It's KXNO, and we're glad you're with us here for the next couple of hours. As Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, will talk sports with you and keep it as local as we possibly can. BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. Uh, excited to talk to the uh, Minnesota Wilds 2009 first round draft pick, kid by the name of Matt Boldy, who's just left uh, Boston College after the Frozen Four. He came to an end for BC. He signed his professional contract, and he will be down here in Des Moines to begin his pro career tomorrow night as the Wild are on the ice. It's a seven o'clock puck drop against the Chicago Wolves. Uh, the Wild in town to, uh, Friday and Saturday night. Matt Boldy's professional debut. He will join a former first round pick. Now they were Iowa Chops at the time, but Bobby Ryan came through town. Matt Niskanen came through town. And Matt Boldy, 12th overall, and he's a good player. Uh, will join us coming up here in about 20 minutes. If you're a Minnesota Wild fan, I think you're going to really like this sniper. And he is. He's a goal scorer. Uh, just real quick on him, Trey. Mm-hmm. Good to see you uh, yeah. back, by the way. Thank you. Thanks Miss for holding down yesterday. the fort. Well, we, we missed you. Um, but so this isn't a big deal in Des Moines. <laughs> But in hockey-crazed United States or the rest of the world, there is a tournament, a junior tournament, the best junior players, 20 and under, in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's some that won't play because they're in the NHL. But the best junior players, uh, this tournament begins the day after Christmas every year. Right. And it is the highest level of junior hockey. Matt Boldy played for the United States. Um, he led the team in scoring. Oh, wow. Matt Boldy's United States team beat I thought an unbeatable team of Canadians, one first round pick after another in the gold medal game, uh, early January of this year. And this kid might have been the best player on the team. Yeah. And he's a Minnesota Wild draftee, and he's an Iowa Wild player tomorrow night. So he's going to join us. I don't know how long he'll be here. It's the end of the season. I would anticipate he'll get through the AHL season and then get called up and be part of the you know the practice squad uh, during the playoffs. Maybe he'll play. He's that good, but he's a goal scorer. Uh, Matt Boldy will join us here in about 20 minutes. Then Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register. We'll talk baseball with Tommy. Uh, talk some local stuff with Tommy Birch. Always enjoy our conversations uh, with Birchy from the Des Moines Register. David Eicholt uh, from 24-7 Sports, Hawkeye Insider, uh, will join us at 11.05. Wanted to do it for a couple of reasons with him. Unless I'm mistaken, I think David Eicholt had an exclusive. He did, yes. Luca Garza penned a a farewell letter, a thank you letter to the Hawkeye fan base that was published, and I've only seen it published there, uh, at the Hawkeye Insider. Um, so obviously had a great relationship with Luca that Luca was willing to do that. Mm-hmm. But good for David Eichel for uh, you know forging that relationship and getting that exclusive. And if you're a fan of Hawkeye basketball and you haven't seen her, don't know what we're talking about, stop on over there um, to to his site because again, HawkeyeInsider.com. Garza penned the. Uh, uh, the thank you letter, the farewell, farewell letter, and you can find it there. And then Brian Walton, it's opening day at Bush Stadium. The Cardinals uh, come home second place behind the Cincinnati Reds. 
We'll talk about opening day at Bush, but we're also going to speak with Brian. We're going to go around the National League Central, get his thoughts. We'll share ours one week into the regular season. Cincinnati, a surprise uh, start. Boy, they're hammering the crap out of the baseball. Yes, They're they pounding it, Trent. Yeah. I didn't th- I mean, look, it's 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 the first week. Mm-hmm. Soon we're going to be able to stop, and I can't wait. Oh, it's early. Uh, well, not too soon. Well, in a couple of weeks. Uh, we got to get to April? May at least right. before you can start All saying right. Um, but the, these games still count, and they're six and one. And they're off to a good start. But we'll focus on the division. Cubs uh, fall to the Brewers yesterday. They're both uh, what three and three right now, mm-hmm. I believe. And the only thing that's going according to plan in that division, well, the plan that we drew up and thought that this was God, what was going to play out, was the Pirates find themselves in last place. We had that. We we nailed it, didn't we? Right, yeah. We're professional talk show hosts, Trent. Is what we, we knew are. the Pirates are going to be bad, <laughs> right? Oh, man. So, so far, um, and they are. So that's the guest list for today. That's what we're going to do. I uh, look forward to uh, spending the next couple of hours with you. Masters is underway. I'm mm-hmm. assuming you've, uh, like uh, most of us, boy, it's fun to have sports wagering legal in our state, isn't it? That you can just log on to your app or go downstairs to your desktop for if you're old <laughs> and um, then you don't have apps and, and fire it at a few of the players. I bet two of them. I bet uh, Tommy Fleetwood. And, uh, you took a shot at Fleetwood, huh? Took a shot, took a shot at Tommy Fleetwood. Is it because you love the hair? The flowing Part of locks it, just for do sure. it. Yeah. Because uh, he's been terrible for about six months. I know. What's wrong with him? I saw this price, too, and I and then I, boy, he's been really bad for a while. And I got Tony Fino at 40 to 1. And he's wow. always close. Fino at 41 is 40 great. to 1. And then I played him to finish in the top 10 as I did with both of them. Mm-hmm. Who did you play? I played, my top level guy was JT, Justin yeah. Thomas. I 11 to 1? 11 to 1. I played him in a couple of matchups. I played him, there was a couple other uh, goofy props I did. I did the, I can't remember what they call it. Basically pick who's number one, number two. And I had oh, him at like the front. Oh, like the exact in horse racing? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. You can't box it though, but you can do uh, that. Okay. And I had Dustin Johnson then behind him. 140 to 1. I know it, it's an absolute lottery ticket, yeah. But I threw a couple bucks on it, just and it's to have 140 fun. to one. 140 to one because it has to finish in that exact order. So Dustin Johnson wins. Who do you have? Justin. JT? Don, yep, JT. JT and, on top, and Dustin and Johnson. Du- so if Dustin Johnson ties with Rory McIlroy for second, I think that still plays. You still you still win. I, I believe so. Yes, I didn't. See Does any, it cut your price? Like it would, like in a like in a pair of mutual in a, right. or in a parlay. Right, and if deal. you get yeah. a push in one of the parlays, yeah. goes from a four teamer down to a three. It's a question I hope to find out. If we get to that <laughs> point, and yeah, we can figure that one out. But that and was where a did fun you, one where too. did you get that at DraftKings? That was DraftKings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scotty Scheffler. That was kind of a, a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. And I played Morikawa again. That dude is just so consistent. A lot of people, I think, have his his iron game. A one that I didn't love the price, but I thought I got a decent one. I got him at thirty three to one, I think it was, because I saw him at some spots. He was like twenty two to one, mm. so was happy at the price yeah, that I ended up I'll getting say. him at. Still, uh, those are the ones, matchups, all those things. But one thing I haven't got into yet with golf betting is the live aspect or, or the round to round aspect. Does that intrigue you at all? I will not make another bet until Sunday morning. Yeah. And then I'm going to find somebody that's a ways down the leaderboard and hope that the leaders cough it up, mm-hmm. uh, get a decent price on somebody who's a few shots off the lead. Um, I, I certainly won't bet tomorrow. I won't bet on Saturday. But on Sunday morning, you know, just to have some action, just right. in case Finau and Fleetwood, in my case, neither one of those guys has a prayer, uh, get a little more action. Because it's, it's the Masters, man. It is. 
So great. And to have it back at the real time. Mm-hmm. Where it belongs. Year. So uh, I made a also a prop bet, and it was number of golfers to finish under par. It was 18 and a half. And I bet the over, more than 18 and a half. And then I was doing a little more research. There's a couple of pools that I'm in last night. And I hear from a couple of different golf minds that I enjoy listening to that said, this course is going to be a bear this weekend. Is that right? And they... The people of Augusta were none too pleased about the way DJ <laughs> yeah. just dominated the course in November. They did not want that to happen again. So they've done everything in their power to make sure that it's going to be firm and fast. And like we normally anticipate, Augusta is going to be. So if you think that this is, oh, they're figuring out Augusta and 20 under is going to be the norm, I'm going to tell you that is not going to be the case. Well, we're underway and there's a few guys that uh, you know have completed. There's a couple guys finished. Uh, they're on their back nine. The leaders are, are minus two right now. So I don't know if uh, if that's an indicator or not, but we'll see how that goes for you. So eighteen and a half, and you took the over. I took the over. Not uh, feeling good about wager. it. Now. You know the uh, the Masters, the ceremonial first tee shots, mm-hmm. as good of a curtain raiser, I think, in any sport. Right? Just the you know the old guys get their opportunity. Remember Jack and and Gary Player, and of course Arnold Palmer for years, and I think Lee Trevino was part of it, Lee Elder's now uh, part of it, Gary Player and Too Jack Nicklaus. It is for Elder, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, but I guess better late than never, but but yes. fair point. I, I, I take, um, I absolutely understand your point. Um, boy, watching Jack Nicklaus, you know what's got, caught up? Jack Nicklaus is old. He's 81. I know! What? And- and thinking 1986, I mean, that that's my first golf oh my memory. Gosh, what that, a finish. Watching that with Grandpa Jacket and just the memory. How old are you then? Six. Jeez. I was, yeah, I was in kindergarten. I mean, yeah. What a year. Bears win the Super Bowl. Jack wins the Masters. It this was, sports thing's going to be okay for you, huh? Hawks went to the Rose Bowl that year. It was 85 86. Ooh, it's been all downhill since kindergarten for me. But that moment and, and seeing him, but yeah, he's 81. And. And he's always funny, and he's always got a line. And for a guy that was known as such a curmudgeon, mm-hmm. and he was not Arnold Palmer, right? And the personality, right? And Arnie's army, and those kind of things. And, and Trent, he was not well liked when when no. he started to pick. Look, I remember it. I remember watching golf in, in the '60s and early '70s, and I'll never forget this. Asking my or, or just dumbfounded, talking to my dad that the winner of this golf tournament got a hundred thousand dollars, Dad. Yeah. On a grand, that was a ton of money. Oh yeah! And now the you know the guy makes the cut. He's making a hundred grand. Right. The leader's getting two million. At or the, the John Deere Classic, you make the cut. You're probably Jesus. making that. But Jack's old. Watching him put the tee in the ground, and it was kind of a that was the hardest part. Yeah. But even on the back swing, the foul through, you see the old Jack yeah, swing, and it's too. still there, and mm-hmm. it just it looks different. You got that weird hitch that he has to it, but it still looked like him. It, it was. As, you're right. As good of a way to I open the scene. Find something better in, in sports. I mean, what, what comes close to I mean, it? Ceremonial first pitch? No. Ceremonial no. puck drop? Not, no. Not close. Uh-uh. Football. I mean, now if they still had the uh, like the XFL where you had to get the possession well, of the ball yeah. and you had that, that maybe would take it up a notch. But And you maybe bring some old-timers out to do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got the uh, the 49ers playing the Cowboys. We're going to have Dion against Jerry Rice uh-huh. on this fumble drill. Uh, that'd be a little Somebody bit Somebody coming out to flip the coin at the at the Super Bowl. I right. mean, eh. yeah. 
This is that's pretty cool. And I don't know. I'm not sure how long they've been doing it. As long as I can remember. But whoever came up with it, that was a really good idea. But we're underway uh, with the Masters. Uh, not a busy, busy day in baseball today, but a lot of home openers. White Sox finally open at home. Boy, Tony La Russa uh, with some criticism his way. He called himself out the way he met. Was the sixth inning that the bullpen blew it that he uh, that for, for whatever reason he pulled a Joe Madden from uh, from Saturday from Sunday night just wouldn't go out and get his guy and uh, the White Sox and not off to the best of starts. So you're telling me this White Sox bullpen's not the best in baseball? I'm I'm learning that seemingly <laughs> You've heard every that day. A few times, haven't you? It just it annoyed because I think it's a nice bullpen, but best in the league, top three. No. Kopik has been great. Yeah, Kopik has been great. He's great, mm-hmm. and Hendricks in the back mm-hmm. end. It's really good, yeah. even though he's coughed one up, too. Still, but it takes more than that to have a bullpen. And you just can't have, well, we got eight guys that can throw it really hard. Okay, but can they pitch? Because you got a couple of guys at the back end of that bullpen, the end of rotation, that throw hard. You know, they're not real good pitchers. And Cease and Rodon, well, we'll mm-hmm. see about him. But Rodon was good the other he day. He was, he was. Rodon. Um, Cease was not. And you've been on him. See, he teases. I see enough in him that, good gosh, if he could only just figure it out, he's so close to being... Throw 100 miles an hour with movement. Yeah. But then not consistently. Not enough. consistently. So is this La Because he doesn't do this a decade ago, does he? Call uh, himself out in this fashion? No. Or is this a guy that has learned? This well, is he's learned guy- that part. He still hasn't learned to, uh, to turn the keys over to somebody well, else. That's right. Not right. get behind the wheel. Right. I mean, you get one chance, right? But you do it again and you... Uh, and then you try and you know sweep it under the rug the way he did in Phoenix when he got caught. Um, that's two, that's two strikes. You think you're above the law? And I'm, I'm sorry. He might be the world's greatest manager, and he might be the manager of your baseball team, but he's still a, a serial drunk driver. I don't care if it is only two, but um, that's that's not good. Uh, but to do your point, does he call himself out? Eh. Well, he certainly did yesterday. He so did. Yeah. I I don't know the answer to that, but um, look, he blew it. He blew it, and he said mm-hmm. so as much uh, yesterday. Your twins, I thought they were going to blow it. They oh. held on. Two inning save two. Trent, that for was... For Colomay. Yeah. I, when he came out for the ninth, he was already at 21 know pitches, exactly I think how it many was. Pitches, yeah. I, I was, well, maybe they're going to let him get out. And then it's not like it was just bang, 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 and six pitches he was out of there. Right. He labored a little bit more. I think he ended up with that 34 pitches, something like that. Ultimately got it done, but yeah. They finally tied up after the bats were silent against mm-hmm. Boyd, who was really, really good yesterday. Then they give up the home run right after that, go down 2-1, and then came back again, and then the defense. Oh, my god! Two outfield assists. Unbelievable. And the first one to nab the runner at home, it was hit to left field. Cave made the diving attempt in left field, missed it, goes to the wall, and throws it in. Just try to get it in as quickly as possible. That's what Cave did because he knew they didn't have much of a chance to get the runner. But seeing in Dribble Simmons, who's, we've been told, what a great defender he is, I'll be honest, just don't see a lot of his games throughout his career. I haven't seen Not Simmons. Not a lot of play. angels, right? Right, right. It's just, and when I do, it's flip over when Trout's coming up to me. Right. Or maybe right. even Pujols. But yeah. I'm not going to watch a defensive sequence from Simmons. Right. And now watching this guy just after a week, it's incredible. He's that good, re- isn't he? That relay. I know. He's not the fastest guy. You know, his, uh, what do they call it? The user range, which basically measures, you know, how much range a shortstop has. He's not at the top of that. But he gets to a ton of balls, and that was a great one there on the relay. How quickly he got that ball out of there, and then a perfect strike. He had to get that on the run 
and make that throw home. Dude's incredible. Mm -hmm. Much like I told you two years ago with Nelson Cruz, didn't watch a lot of his at-bats day in and day out, and just how fun it is to watch him now game in and game out. It's the same thing with Simmons at shortstop. There's a reason these guys get these kind of well, just high accolades because they're they're there for a reason. Now, He's did incredible. they sign him to a one-year or two-year deal? It was a team option, I believe, for the second year, okay. if I remember correctly. So, well, look, so far so good for him, but uh, the Twins find themselves in first place as we get through the first week of the regular season. Uh, they're not a surprise. Baltimore is. Uh, certainly Cincinnati, I think, is. Philadelphia is. Um, you know, there's some folks beefing this morning because, after all, the Dodgers and the Yankees both lost in that extra inning uh, charade, as some people call it now, by putting... Now, had the Dodgers and the Yankees both win, I don't think that the criticism would be as loud here today. Trent, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I mean, we saw it yesterday in the uh, uh, in the Brewers and the Cubs games. You get the extra innings. Let's bring some closure to this thing. You know, we've invested three hours, 320, whatever it is in the game. Um, you, you want to see it to its conclusion, but you don't have an unlimited amount of time. And especially if it's you know game on the West Coast, I know you used to love those games because mm-hmm. you'd stay up to conversing with uh, you know your fellow degenerates at two in the morning, <laughs> waiting for this thing to go final. But I love it, I absolutely do, and I consider myself kind of old school in a lot of ways. But put a runner on second base, let's get this thing over with. Uh, it went the Brewers' way yesterday. Boy, Lorenzo Cain had a couple of bombs yeah. in that game. And I think one of the few guys that actually goes out onto the playing field with his mask. Yeah, and hits with his mask, too. And hits with his mask, yeah. yes. You see a couple of guys that'll wear it in the field, which is... Outfielder is really weird, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get close to many people as an outfielder. But yeah, he wears it out there. He wears it at bat. And that guy just keeps producing. Yeah. He's had to, He was a speedster early in his career. He's had to kind of change the kind of guy that he is. He's incredible, though. And uh, the extra inning rule. I I was much more, I think, against it initially than you were because mm-hmm. of some of the things we talked about. I thought I was going to hate it. I really did. And I've come around. And I think I'm becoming more of a curmudgeon than you are, <laughs> even though you got me by a few years. I Yeah, just a few. <laughs> I get very set in my ways. I don't like change for the sake of change. Uh-huh. And I thought, all right, here we go. Another tricked-up rule that's going to ruin baseball. I'm with you. It's good. Regular season, yes. In the playoffs, it doesn't happen. What would you think? I don't think you could do this, but I would just, I would hate to see it come down to game 162. Oh, and then you do it and, that way? And that, well. You know, September, it reverts back to old rules. You have expanded rosters in September. That's a good point. And now it's not the old expanded rosters that it once was, but. Uh-huh. Because there's just something that that would bother me about that if it comes to that. Of course, it hasn't happened yet, but maybe it will someday. What if you're what if you have what if you're out of contention? What if you're just playing and, out and the that's string? A, yeah, you got two teams that are twenty games right. under, but you. Can't, you're, you're, I think you're you have to make the unit. Orioles and the Tigers yeah. on September the twentieth, and it goes to here we go to the bottom of the seventeenth, <laughs> right. tied up in three apiece. But I don't think you could make a rule that a no. team has to be within X amount of games right. for it to revert to that. And you played the first 160 yeah. or so with the with the extra inning rule in place. I I, I think you got to leave. I think it's fine. I really do. I think it's I think it's it, it's uh, it moves the game along. It's different. I think it. I think it. Uh, it's not like. You know, the criticism in college football. Well, it takes the special teams out of the game. I get that. It does. But there's really nothing that that uh, we lose 
uh, by putting a runner on second base. I would like to see the college rule where they start a little bit further back, 35, maybe 40, even midfield. Mm-hmm. Maybe midfield would be better for the NFL because mm-hmm. I, I wish the NFL would go to the rule. I think the, the college rule is well, so You know what superior. the NFL is doing? The NFL is completely tinkering with their rules. They're, they're giving you an option to take the football on a fourth down play. We'll get into that uh, at some point here uh, in the next couple of weeks. By the way, three weeks from tonight, one of the biggest days on the sporting calendar, Trent Condon. Two weeks from tonight? Three. Three weeks from tonight. All right, so it'd be... Let's see, the 15th, 20th, April 29th. 29th of April. 29th of yep, April. Biggest, one of the bigger days on the calendar. On a Thursday? On a Thursday night, and I'll be locked and loaded, and so will you. Oh, and so it's will the draft, okay. <laughs> Maybe more than half. Jeff wants to chime in. Jeff, welcome to the program. Matt Boldy from the Iowa Wild coming up here in about oh, five or six minutes. How are you, Jeff? Good. How are you guys? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I first want to just throw a shout-out. I'm kind of going with trend, and I like JT this weekend. Uh, but you can't beat Masters weekend, Saturday, Sunday, sitting back. Oh, you really can't. Watching some golf. <laughs> yep. uh, so good in the regular spot it was. But to the negative, wow, you know, the Cubs. They can't hit. Well, here's the deal. You have Wilson Contreras, Javi. They're all in contracts here. Uh, Bryant, yep. Rizzo, it goes on and on and on. And you're telling me all the pitchers that have hit this season, okay, their batting average is better than the Cubs' overall (laughs) batting average. Team batting average for the Cubs is 124. I think that all the pitchers who have hit in the first week of the season are combined. What what was it, Jeff? Is it 154, something like that, a buck Uh, 50? Yes, it's something like 154. And, and, you know, we're coming into this season, as a Cubs fan, you're talking, well, maybe the back of the rotation or the bullpen. And, you know, we brought, you know, so on and on and on. And we bring up the walk years, and I know it's early. I understand that. But you can't tell me if it goes on for another 30 days <laughs> and you got Javi talking about, oh, it's great that Lindor got $300 million, and you're batting, oh, I don't know, 120 uh-huh. and you're talking about a contract in the $300 million range? you uh-huh. got to be kidding me. No. Likewise so, with Bryant. He's not going to get anywhere near the money he thought he was going to do. I don't know what they're going to do with Baez. See, and Baez has got his video back, Jeff. Remember last year he was complaining they took the iPad away from him? Yep, That's back yep. this year, so he's got no excuse. Uh, by the and, way, the ball that Jock Peterson hit, did you guys see yes. that? Holy crap. Wow. How's that for your first hit, huh? Yeah, really? Yeah, and that's the thing. We're trying to, I mean, it was a great smash, but we need to just go the other way, hit into a hole. Like, I understand that's where baseball is going, and it's all about launch angel, launch angles, Sadly, and I do know right. that. But it's got to get to a point, guys, where you know they just need to get the ball in play, yeah. and they can do it. It's just it's hard to watch. It really is. And as a Cubs fan, you know, you start thinking like you guys have said before that 2016 season was it just a kind of a strike in the bottle? That's what Cappy said yesterday when he joined me. Was that the anomaly? 2016. Right. Oh, wow. Jeff, I got to let you go, man. Good to all hear right. from you. Appreciate all it. Right. Uh, let's just just real quick on this. So we're again we're six games in, mm-hmm. but Baez is a buck thirty six. Bryant is leading the way. Uh, he's two hundred. Rizzo's batting a buck five. Uh, Jock Peterson, Trent, you mentioned it was his first hit. He's oh fifty nine. Jason Hayward's batting a buck seventy six. Ian Happ a buck twenty five. Contreras zero point seven one. Bodie zero point nine one. Dot dot dot. They, they can't hit. Yeah, they're lucky to be three and three. They are very lucky to be three and with three. those kind of numbers. Yes. 
They should probably be one and five. They got some really well pitched games. I mean, uh, they got a well. Hendricks pitched well he was great yesterday, yesterday. Yeah, uh, for through six innings. We got to get a break. Matt Boldy coming up. Uh, he is the 2019 Minnesota Wild's first round pick. He went 12th overall. If you're a hockey fan, if you're a Minnesota Wild fan, you're gonna love this kid. He can shoot. I have an affinity for shooters, and this kid can fire the hockey puck. They had some shooting last night. I was texting you watching yeah, you hockey were. last night. I watched was I was watching last night. There was no baseball on. There was after, yeah. after the Rockies and the Snakes. And That's what led it to me that. too. And it was an entertaining one for Wild fans. Eight three over those great mm. Lanch that you talked about. No, they are good. That was their first loss in a month, but um, yeah, good for the Wild. Matt Boldy next. Miller and Condon fourteen sixty kicks and 0 Tales U.S. only. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. As promised, big debut in town tomorrow. We've seen the debut of um, uh, AHL guys that leave school, leave their amateur careers, turn pro before getting to the NHL. Matt Niskanen came through town. Bobby Ryan came through town. The 12th overall pick in the 2019 draft is the latest to join that group. He's Matt Boldy, fresh off the NCAA tournament at Boston College. He was a integral part of the uh, United States uh, junior uh, champion. They beat a, a Canadian team laden with first-round picks. He's a first-round pick in his own right. Matt Boldy joins us. Matt, Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, welcome to Des Moines, first of all. How are you, Matt Boldy? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me. No, uh, pre- appreciate thanks. you coming on. Yeah, uh, of course. No problem. Good. Uh, I guess we'll start with the Frozen Four and just uh, the NCAA tournament. Uh, didn't go your way. You did light the lamp. You're the only, uh, you scored the only goal for your Boston College team. But, but now it's another step up in company, right? You've got to be playing against men. You hear it all the time from, from guys that uh, leave college or leave junior to play professional hockey. They're bigger and they're faster. You're practicing. You haven't played yet. But do you notice that, that bigger, faster uh, uh, is, uh, is accurate? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's definitely a step up from college. Um, in a good way, though. The guys, like you said, they're bigger, they're stronger, faster, more experienced. Um, guys have better sticks and, and can close plays really fast. So definitely noticed that over the last couple of days and, and just trying to find new ways to, to make my stuff work and new ways to produce. So, Well, uh, what, what's the expectation for you as you're up here now playing with the Iowa affiliate? And uh, looking up at the big cl- club and how well they're playing, what's an expectation here? Your first time on the professional ice. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to, uh, to the games this weekend. I think uh, that's the first step. Um, I'm super excited about that. Kind of get my my pro career started here and and see how I do. Um, obviously, you got to go out there and play well here and and uh, kind of play well all, all over the ice and produce and, and do stuff like that, but. That's kind of where my focus is right now and where uh, my expectations are. Uh, drafted 12th overall, Matt, in 2019. I know it was a dream of yours to play at Boston College. It was a team we followed uh, growing up. Was there ever a uh, – how difficult was the decision to um, – I mean, they were probably – you were going to play somewhere, uh, but 2019, you, you had to get that itch, right? You're a first-round pick. The NHL is seemingly just steps away, but Boston College was the route. How difficult was that decision? Decision and then after your sophomore year, does uh, uh, what was the decision to turn pro like? Was that always something you were going to do, or was it a difficult decision? 
Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, I always wanted to go to Boston College. Uh, growing up in the area and going to all their games, it was a dream of mine. So being able to kind of live that out and be able to go there and play uh, under Jerry York and stuff like that was, was a dream come true. And uh, I mean, leaving this year, it definitely was an easy decision. I think uh, everything that Boston College did for me, the, the coaches, my teammates, uh, some of my best friends are there. So it definitely was an easy decision, but it was one that, that I kind of felt I had to make to, to jump to the next level and, and really challenge myself and, and try to pursue a, a professional career. Matt said to make your debut tomorrow night with the Chicago Wolves uh, here in town. Tell us a little bit, maybe people looking for a comp, a comparison, who you tailored your game after, and they'll see you for the first time tomorrow night. Yeah, I think uh, I play pretty similar to uh, guys like Kevin Hayes, um, mm-hmm. kind of big, strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to play with a lot of skill and make a lot of plays and, and play really offensive, but uh, kind of Kind of know I have to take care of my D zone and kind of play all over the ice for my game to, to really be good. Um, but guys like that who are, who are big can, can use their bodies and, and play strong, but they do it with a lot of skill as well. I think uh, Kevin Hayes from the same part of the country as you were, of course, former Ranger, now with the Philadelphia Flyers. You can also shoot the puck, Matt. That's what I notice about you. Uh, you've got a terrific shot. You can score from everybody, and you've always been a goal scorer. Um, how much practice uh, did you did you emphasize the shooting part, the skating part, when you're growing up, uh, shooting pucks at garage doors, down in the basement? Where did you learn uh, the, the, the skill that you will now bring to the professional hockey? Yeah, I, uh, I grew up with, uh, with a net in my basement, um, kind of shot down there whenever I could, really, uh, stick handle and everything, so kind of all started down there and, and doing stuff uh, in the driveway and playing street hockey and stuff like that as well, but uh, that's probably where, uh, where I learned a lot from uh, hockey and, and uh, really learned a lot of skills that I have. Short stint so far in Des Moines, what are your thoughts on the city and you got a favorite place yet? Uh, no, not yet. It's been uh, it's been awesome though. Um, I, I really like it. It's it's nice, nice that I can kind of walk everywhere. No need yeah. for a car, which which is pretty good. But uh, no, I haven't found any good spots. If you got any recommendations, <laughs> I'd uh, I'd love to hear them. So. Well, we're anxious to see out in the ice. We know you have a meeting to get to, Matt. We won't keep any longer. Congratulations on making the jump from Boston College to the professional ranks. We're all picked from the Minnesota Wild 2019 draft. Matt, look forward to watching you and look forward to following your career as you uh, get another step closer uh, to the biggest stage in all of hockey, the NHL. Good, Matt Boldy. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Matt Boldy, 2019 first-round pick of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Got to be quite a thrill for the young man. Mm-hmm. He's a big kid, Trent. Yeah, and he can shoot six two. Yep, thick. He can shoot the puck. Uh, Kevin Hayes, a pretty accurate description. Former of Jet, game. right? He was with the Jets. Yeah, yeah he came the over the trade deadline. Yeah, hundred percent right. They uh, they got him from the Rangers, and then he didn't resign with the Jets. Surprise, surprise! Who wants to play in Winnipeg <laughs> when you have options? Is <laughs> that a little jaded over there? Well, it's, yeah, I'm used to it. Um, but this kid's good. this kid's a good player. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And he will he will make an impact in his career. Not sure how long he'll be down here for. Probably the end of the regular season, and then he'll be on that uh, that. Taxi squad, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, with the big club as they make their way of the playoffs. I don't know. You watched them last night. That's a good hockey team. This wild team. I, I was. I'm shocked. You know, we talked. What was it? A week or two ago. I, I think it was last time we had Joe O'Donnell on, and I started to get in hockey because I was anticipating 
you know, we were, it's April. This is the time where <laughs> the playoffs are going to be here, yeah. and I really start to pay attention. And then realizing it's not going to be until May that the playoffs start. But I've been watching more of the Wild. And initially, I just thought, from what you've told me in, in just in passing, and when we just kind of BS a little bit about hockey, usually before the show, right. you've told me how good the Lanch are yep. and how good Vegas is. Well, they're in the same division, mm-hmm. and the way the structure is, that's who they'd have to play. Mm-hmm. More than likely, Vegas in the first round, and then Colorado if they'd advance to the second round. And I thought, it's a non-starter. But now watching here lately, yeah. this team's playing well. No, they are. I mean, Colorado was due to lose. They, they hadn't lost in a month, for crying out loud. Right. And they got pummeled last night. But uh, full credit to the Minnesota Wild and what they're doing up there. GM Bill Guerin's put together a really nice team. Well, we're going to talk to our friend Tommy Birch coming up next. We'll, we'll do a lot of baseball with Birch. Is there a Friday show here set to debut the call up, yeah, the call up, right? With, I don't know Emory? if they're going back to that or if it's just going to be Emery doing kind of whatever Emery wants to do. Emery plus one was the name of the show I know during the fall, yeah, uh, along with High I School think Insider. I saw Birchie. Well, we'll ask him when we come yes. back. We'll take a time out. Miller and Condon with you until noon. I uh, look forward to the second hour. We're going to talk some Hawks, I'm going to talk to Brian Walton. Uh, it's opening day, of course, for the Cardinals, but we're going to take a good look at the first week of the National League Central. The Reds, maybe the biggest surprise in that division thus far. Miller and Condon till noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.9. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Welcome back. Well, it's still 1045-ish on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Thanks to Matt Boldy from the Iowa Wild. First round pick 2019. He will play tomorrow night. They drop the puck at 7. I think it's 6 on Saturday. Uh, I know that they're in town. I was looking at it earlier, too. I think it's 7 and 6. They're in town Friday, Saturday. Um it is, and uh, $2 beer night. Oh, that's tomorrow, but the bus sponsors that, yes. I want to say. Uh, Tommy Birch joins the program. Birchie, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming Some, on. Somebody that enjoys $2 beers, I know that. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't, right? <laughs> Hi, Birchie, how I'm, are I'm you? I'm all for the $2 market. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. Okay. Hey, Tommy, Trent and I were talking. We should have asked you before you came on and probably should have done a little homework. Um, are you guys doing the Friday show, the baseball show on Friday? That's a good question. Oh. I, I don't, I don't know for sure yet. Uh, my my life is kind of a day to day right now. Okay. I'm, I'm like, uh, most guys on the. <laughs> On a major league roster right now. Gotcha. Well, uh, a lot of first round picks come through. Uh, come through Des Moines, uh, Principal Park. Uh, Matt Boldy, the latest hockey player to come through Des Moines, a first round pick. That'll be fun to watch uh, him in action. But to, to your beat, that I'm assuming you're going to be at the um, at Principal Park this this summer, watching AAA baseball when the team is at home. Any idea what that roster is going to be uh, comprised of, or who it's going to be co- comprised of? Any big names, Tommy, that you anticipate? We will see at least at some point uh, in Des Moines this summer. Yeah, I think obviously the biggest name is going to be Nico Horner, and I think there's going to be a, a real good opportunity to see him down here. Even though there's that big gap between um, you know time at the alternate site and time when the minor league baseball season gets going, because look, I think part of it is the Cubs do absolutely positively want to work on his development. The best part of the development process is getting 
in more games, even though Nico Horner, um, you know, spent all of last season in Chicago and spent the end of the 2020 season or 2019 season in Chicago. They literally plucked him off the couch uh, for, mm. for the end of the season. You know, he's still a young guy. He hasn't had any AAA at bat. So um, I think the Cubs look at the situation I'm like, okay, they're going to be an okay team this year. They're not going to be, you know, a, a legit contender by any means. So why rush his development any more than they had to? Where the last two years, you know, 2019, they were in a pennant race. 2020, even with that abbreviated season, I think they thought they had a really good chance to win. But now, 2020 rolls around, I think, like, okay, it's maybe um, not time to hit the reset button, but maybe hit the pause button when it comes to guys like him and think, okay, down the road, Nico Horner is going to be a part of this puzzle, so why mess with it right now? So he, to me, that's the most intriguing guy. Braylon Marquez is a is a hard-throwing left-handed pitcher who actually appeared in one game with Chicago last year. Uh, he's probably not going to start in Iowa, but I think at some point this season you're going to see him. And to me, probably the most interesting names are none of the guys that you look up and down the Cubs prospect rankings of, like, okay, who could you see in Des Moines? It, to me, it's guys um, that are out there on other teams, knowing that the Cubs are probably mm. going to make a deal at some point and unload Chris Bryant. They're probably going to unload a couple other guys who are going to bring in some legit prospects. And I think that is where, if uh, if you're really paying attention to the minor league system uh, in the in the Cubs organization, that should maybe give you a little bit of excitement because when we've seen the Cubs go through this kind of rebuild mode, <laughs> there's nobody that has benefited more uh, during that process than Tennessee and Des Moines. Speaking of, of Des Moines, you know, going back, it was over a month ago, but... It was a foregone conclusion that Des Moines, Iowa, was going to be able to re-up with the Cubs. That relationship, though, we know how important it is for our city, how important it is in Des Moines. How important is it from the Cubs' side, though, having a place that is an easy flight to get in and out of, relatively close, and looking to the future, is is this something, not knowing what minor league baseball is going to look like in 20 years, but the reality is this is one of the better relationships in baseball? Absolutely, and I think part of it has to do with just the the general working relationship that they have with Sam Burnaby, Michael Gardner, and other people around there. You know, there are a lot of people throughout minor league baseball. I've been to a lot of these facilities, not just in Iowa, but around, um, you know, different leagues in minor league baseball, who I think a lot of these teams in minor league baseball, maybe not so now after everything that's taken place throughout minor league baseball, but throughout the years, I think, there's been maybe a a sense of entitlement, like, okay, you should be sending me this guy to rehab here. You should be sending this guy here, um, you know, on his way up to the major leagues. He should be spending more time here. Where in the grand scheme of things, you look at the the hierarchy when it comes to minor league and major league baseball is, look, you you are servants of the major league team. You you get whatever whatever they give you and whatever they send you. And, uh, I, I think that's a great thing that the Iowa Cubs do is that they totally understand where their role is when it comes to the hierarchy of, of baseball. That you know, look, they um, they they get whatever the Cubs give them, and they understand that sometimes that's going to be a big rehab assignment. Sometimes that means that big rehab assignment is going to go to Tennessee or someplace warmer, depending on when 
um, when that is during the season, if it's early on and it's cold out in Iowa, you know, a lot of guys don't want to want to come to Des Moines. So I think that understanding of kind of knowing, like, okay, we work for the team, they don't work for us, has gone a long, long ways. Plus, the Cubs have done a tremendous job of keeping up in kind of the facilities race. You know, a lot of these teams that you saw that lost their affiliation titles during the change throughout ML. MLB and MILB just kind of, uh, you know, just did not adapt to the times. And obviously there are things that have to get done at Principal Park, but Sam and, and, and Mr. Gartner out there have been pretty progressive in terms of keeping up with the times, and that goes a long, long ways as we saw. Tommy, I know last year you were really looking forward to covering the game in Dyersville, the Field of Dreams. Uh, the uh, it, it was originally scheduled to be Yankees and White Sox. Of course, it didn't happen. It's going to happen this year, uh, fingers crossed, on August the 12th. So a two-parter, I'm, I'm assuming that you're still in line to cover that for uh, for the register. And then, you know, when they moved the All-Star game out of Atlanta last week, one of the first places that was, was brought, well, why don't they put the game in Dyersville? And that would be really, really cool. But I'm just not so sure, Tommy, that that an event of that magnitude, because it's just more than the game, right? It's there's the you know the the home run derby the day before. I think the players on one hand would like it, but on the other, yeah, they're 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 taking three days off to go to Dyersville, Iowa, and that, that that's going to be their break. Do you think that that could ever happen, or is the business of baseball just too big that despite how aesthetically pleasing as it might be to us, the fans, it's just too big an event to ever take place in Dyersville, Iowa? You know, maybe somewhere down the road I wouldn't completely rule it out, but I would say in the immediate future it's probably not happening where – it's definitely, you know, I never thought it was going to happen this season because the whole idea kind of intrigue behind selling this game between the White Sox and the Yankees is, um, you know, that's going to be the first time you really see the field. Like, right. if you go up to Dyersville, you go to the Field of Dreams movie set, you're not getting anywhere close to that field. And, you know, I know there was talk about, you know, maybe the high school baseball state tournament should oh. be there. It's a great idea. I think sometime down the road you're going to see high school baseball play there. I think you're going to see minor league baseball games uh, played on that field. But until the White Sox and Yankees step on that field, nobody is stepping on that field. And I think when it comes to the All Star Game, too, look, you know, part of the um, the pushback we've seen from Major League Baseball moving it out of Atlanta has been. You've seen just what a giant economic boost it can be to those towns. There are going to be so many major league facilities in cities and teams that, you know, that have top notch stadiums. They're going to be, you know, vying for the All Star game. And I just don't think you you look at what they've gotten, you know, uh, building and what they're doing in Dyersville. It's got a ton of potential and a ton of promise, but. I think they've only got the potential and promise to do one one baseball game, and that's right. like you had said, all the theatrics that come with the All Star Game, the Home Run Derby, the Futures Game. You know, oh, sure. you're staying out there for a couple of days, and it's going to be tough enough for fans who want to see the White Sox and Yankees play to get into town and stay in town. There, the idea of hosting uh, two major league baseball teams 
uh, essentially for a couple of days seems nearly impossible to me. And families, because families right. always, go with, always go with the players, too, for the most part. So, yeah, tough. Yeah, and, uh, and well, media. And, <laughs> and media. I like that one, too, Birchie. Well, speaking of baseball and getting high school games there, it will not happen in 2021. And if there was ever a season for it, you'd hope it'd be this one because state baseball will not be able to be played at Principal Park. A, have you heard anything on that front? And the thing I think that maybe is even more disappointing, this 2021 class might be the best in Iowa State history. And we've had a great group of kids that have come through, certainly recently. Now, Ian Moeller, the top-ranked player in the state that's going to LSU, he doesn't play high school baseball. He only plays that in the AU circuit. But from Sam Peterson, who's going uh, to Iowa. Jackson Wentworth from Waukee to Kansas State. Easton Johnson from Gilbert to Creighton. Four different guys going to Iowa. Swanson, he's going to Nebraska. Kentucky's got a kid from over on the east side of the state. On and on and on. So much D1 talent. A, where do you think they're going to play the state tournament? And secondly, have you ever seen a class like this 2021? Yeah, I mean, kind of the, the the closest class I can think about is like AJ Puck and, uh, mm-hmm. and and Mitch Keller. I believe they were in the same class. I remember the Keaton McKinney class with uh, Ryan Lillard had some legit talent. There was some deep talent, but you look up and down. Like one, what really makes this draft class stand out is the idea you've got premier draft pick in Ian Bowler, who's going to probably be a first round talent. You're talking mm-hmm. about possibly. Uh, you know, a, a top ten overall pick, possibly the the you know the the best one of the best high school players in the nation, possibly the best catcher in the entire nation. So I think that takes it up another notch. But um, yeah, there there are some legit D one talent here, and I, you know, to me, one of the names you you also didn't mention that I think a lot of people tend to forget is Levi Usher, who's from Fairfax, who's playing at Louisville. He's not having a great season so far, but that kid raked last season, I think, hit 4-11 um, <laughs> during the college season and has been really in- impressing a ton of people. So that's a kid to keep an eye on, too. As far as where the state baseball tournament goes from here, it's going to be interesting because I know a lot of people like to say, okay, well, Principal Park's out of for, for this season. Why not Cedar Rapids or why not um, – another minor league baseball park you know the the problem with going to that well is you're always going to have the same problem you know major league baseball is is not going to continually work with minor league baseball teams in iowa to get a, a schedule that is conducive to them having you know a state baseball tournament played at one of their parks that's one of the benefits of the the working relationship that uh, minor league baseball had in the past where the Iowa Cubs could work through the PCL and schedule, you know, get days essentially blocked off for the state tournament where now that's just not a priority for major league baseball. So even if it, it works into the schedule this year for Cedar Rapids, what's to say it's going to work into the schedule next season? I think you got to look at places like, the University of Iowa, possibly Johnson mm-hmm. High School. I think uh, eventually down the road, Field of Dreams. I think the idea of maybe Cedar Rapids and, and Principal Park for like championship games and stuff like that is is something you got to keep in play too. Uh, Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register. Uh, Birch, you got like two minutes left. I want to go back to your piece from I think it was last week uh, on um, you, you guys follow way more closer than I do. But Bryce Ball, kid in the Braves organization from Mason City. I don't know anything about him. 
What, what's his ceiling, Birchie? Reading your piece, I mean, he's a slugger, <laughs> to say the least. Um, he's got a future, doesn't he, in Major League Baseball? Yeah, you know, I hopped on a Zoom call with Braves manager Brian Snicker, and he really, really loved him. He raved about him and just the power. You know, he said that he's got power that you don't see very often. You go to the ends of the earth for it. Now the key for a guy like Braceball is, look, he's not a great fielder by any mm. means. When you look at the Braves, you know, they've got Freddie Freeman at first base. So I think for a guy like Ball to really break through in the Braves organization is you're going to have to have the National League adapt to DH, which I think is eventually going to happen. But he, he is a guy with legit power that everybody throughout that Braves organization, throughout minor league baseball, raves about because he really has flown under the radar throughout his high school career, college career, and even throughout his minor league baseball career where he was telling me a lot of guys in the Braves clubhouse even didn't know who he was. But he's really starting to turn heads right now. Good stuff, Tommy Birch. Look forward to catching up with you soon. You'll be back in your spot at Principal Park watching AAA baseball as we get another step closer to normalcy. And aren't we all looking forward to that? Thank you, Tommy. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to talk to you. Tommy Birch, Des Moines Register. Talk a little baseball with Birchie. Uh, David Eicholz kicks off our number two. Brian Walton on the National League Central and the Cardinals as they get the set for their home opener. Hour two next, 1416, 106.